0: We are going to discuss tonight the strange and wonderful tale of the Barnacle Goose. I had never heard of a Barnacle Goose before. I was learning Hi. Yerdea this morning, Shulchan Aruch Simon Simen Peidaled, the laws of bugs and insects, and I came across what, what apparently is known as the Barnacle Goose. What is a Barnacle Goose? Isabel Ray, a uh, self-described museum nerd and tra- travel writer, she says she had the great pleasure of seeing a barnacle goose. You can see the picture of it. looks kind of like a regular goose, at least to, at least to uh, my city eyes. He says the, the barnacle goose lives in northern Europe, black and white, related to the Canadian geese that we know of. Now, it, is, it was believed in the medieval period that the barnacle goose grows on trees. It's an odd thing to believe. But she suggests they may have believed it because the, it was a migratory bird and the, nobody saw nests and eggs because the place, where, the place where they saw these geese was not the place where it nested and, and had its young. So they just saw the adult birds, so they somehow got the impression that they grew on trees. Apparently, there is something called a goose barnacle. The goose barnacle is a barnacle. It's a uh, barnacles are, are these like shellfish like things that grow on that grow on wood, timber, they, they grow on trees sometimes. And the goose barnacle looks a little like a goose egg or like a small geese, a small goose wrapped tightly in its wings. And apparently people thought that the goose barnacles were the eggs from with the eggs the, the tree growths of egg-like things from which from which uh, barnacle geese hatched. And therefore, people, had a, uh, people, had, people thought that barnacle geese hatched from goose barnacles, and goose barnacles came from trees. And people had this interesting idea in the medieval period, going back to the 7th seventh, seventh century or so, in Christian writing that goose barnacles, grow, that uh, barnacle geese grow on trees. It, even, even as late as the 1800s, uh, the goose was given the name barnacle goose because that's what people called it. People called it a kind of a goose that uh, grew from barnacles, and it grew on trees. Now, Ms. Ray, this writer, she notes that depending on your religion's dietary laws, the barnacle goose's origin could have either broadened or restricted your dining options. Catholics had a kula. Catholics had a leniency. They said that since the goose grew from barnacles, which came from the sea, the goose was actually fish and not meat, and could be eaten on Friday. Fridays where the, where the meticulous Christians do not eat meat, and apparently they don't eat birds either, but the barnacle goose is not really a bird. It is really a kind of it is really a kind of um, it, it, it's really a kind of fish, they thought, and therefore it was mutter to eat on Fridays. Some Jewish scholars, and this of course is our concern this evening, some Jewish scholars on the other hand declared that a bird which grew on a tree was not kosher, and that is going to be our theme tonight. The Rishonim, uh, a whole variety of Rishonim, early Rishonim, late Rishonim, discuss the status of the, discuss the the kosher status of a bird which sounds like the barnacle goose. Not exactly clear, of course, they don't use English words for it mostly, but they describe a bird which sounds very much like the barnacle goose, and they discuss whether it is kosher. There are at least three different opinions as to its kosher status. Some say it's a bird, kosher bird, you shecht it like other birds, like chickens or regular geese or ducks, and you eat it. Some said it is like a fish; you can eat, like kind of like the Catholics, I guess. You can eat it; doesn't need shechita, and it was uh, and it's fine. And some said it's ostr- some said it's neither fish nor fowl, as the expression goes. And it is; it has the halacha of a sherrit. It's a similar halacha to a rodent, to like a mouse or something like that. And you cannot eat it at all, with or without shechita. So we're going to go through some of these uh, some of these sources. Most of them are not chuvas, but we'll start with a chuva of the Maharil. The Maril was a relatively late uh, late late author to weigh in on the subject. In the 15th century, it had already been discussed for several hundred years in Ashkenazic uh, in Ashkenazic sources. So, the Maril, the Maril was asked Odnishal, De Siri. A student or a, a, someone asked the Maril, <laughs> Hold on just one moment please. So they asked the Maril, how come you permit Avazim Hagedailam Al-Haylanos? Geese that grow on trees? How come you allow those geese, those geese you passkin in our mutter? What's the difference between those and Mizvuvim Hagedailam Al-Hailanos? Some type of gnats or bugs, or some kind of other flying gnats or mosquitoes that grow on trees? Da They both grow on trees. The barnacle geese, the the geese that grow on trees. And these gnats that grow on trees, what's the difference? How come the geese that grow on trees are mutter, and the gnats that grow on trees are usser? On the most basic level, one would think the answer would be very simple, that geese that grow on trees are basically geese. They're birds. they geese are kosher birds. Gnats that grow on trees are gnats. Gnats are shratzim. Gnats are bugs. They're usser. So, But the Maril makes it a little more complicated than that. The Maril says, <laughs> Maishnah me King BeElan says the Maril, low, it's not the same thing. Then they're different. Ki Bun biologically they're in terms of their life cycle they are different. Hayetushin Bun Mizera Shizriu Toch ala Echad. The Etushin's life cycle is actually they don't really grow from the trees. The gnats, the eggs are laid and then the mother lays zera eggs, I guess, in the on the leaves of the tree. Inside a leaf, a fairly modern-sounding dis- discussion of the life cycle. The, these dormant uh, spores or eggs of the gnats, they, they stay there throughout the, throughout the winter months. When it's snowy out there and cold, the, the bugs don't come out as long as it's winter. And then they grow in the, in the summer like fruits grow. The spring, everything grows. Fruits grow, the leaves grow, the, the gnats grow as well. That's why they are usher because they're basically ordinary bugs. They, it's true that they spring from the leaves, but they basically come from eggs. They basically come from eggs that are laid there before the winter by the mother. And that's why they are, that's why they are sherets, and they are usher. But apparently, he doesn't explain the, the flip side, the geese, but apparently the geese, the geese are not... Uh, the, the geese, it sounds like he thinks they actually grow from the trees... And therefore, they are not shrotzim; they are, they are mutter. Mm-hmm. Okay, he says Rabbi Yehuda, one of the earlier rishonim, koy kavasach for asir There is indeed an opinion. He says in earlier sources that does indeed rule that these geese are asir; that they are a form of sheretz. Not for your reason that they are like the that not for your reason that that are like the these gnats that grow from the trees, but rather because of a raya from a gemara in Chulin, the, the gemara, we'll discuss that gemara a little bit later. Okay, so this is the maril. He says, the maril himself was inclined to Paskin that these, that these geese that grew on trees were mutter. They're different from gnats. Gnats really just come from eggs, like ordinary bugs. These geese are different. Nevertheless, he concedes that it is a machlokis rishon. Going back now to some of the earlier sources... So there, one of the one of the earliest sources was the Smack, the Sefer Mitzvah's Katon, of Yehuda, of, Kor, of, Yehuda, of Kor, uh, the Rimi Korbil, or Bishuk of Korbil. He says, ofo There are certain types of birds. There are certain birds that grow from trees. Udvukim ba'ilon shalahem. They apparently they, they stick to the trees with their beaks. This is a this is a popular form of the popular form of the of the description of barnacle geese, something about sticking to the trees sticking to the trees uh, f- from uh, by their beaks as a matter of fact there's a there 's a fascinating and very erudite essay on this topic from a century ago in the Jewish Encyclopedia by um, Richard Gottel and George Alexander Kohat. They quote numerous sources in Jewish literature and other literature about these geese that grow from trees and they mention that it, that, uh, that it goes back it 's very very early it goes back um, the Venerable Bede, the father of English history, 673 to 735, he says in his work on natural history, de rerum, that the goose barliata grows on rotten wood by the sea and hangs by its beak until it falls. Okay? So that this idea that, the, that some kind of goose grows on wood and it, it, somehow it, it detaches from the wood, eventually it hangs by a beak until it falls, ancient belief goes to it at, you know, at least 1,300 years old, and it's uh, this is what the Smak talks about. The Smak, the Smak says that the Smak is a uh, Smak is a Rishon from from they, they date him as uh, Yitzhak of Korbil, written in 1277. So he was a 13th century Rishon who uh, who talks about geese that grow on trees, and he writes that the he is he asters, he says re, Ri, re, ha ya ostrum, as we saw in the Maril. It was the Sheet of Rabbi Yehuda, the Re, who said they were usher because of Sharat Ta'of, the Chayn, Ma'ri, Yechiel, Haya Osram. So the Smak, the smak brings various, various distinguished, various important early authorities who said that these geese that grow on trees are usher, and he does not bring a lenient view. The Smak says usher. The Tur, which is how I started this whole discussion, I was learning Tur this morning, the Tur says... Yesh mine ofos, to the Torah is 14th century. Yesh mine ofos, hagadelim be'ilan, utluyim be'ilan There are certain types of birds, they grow on trees and they hang from the trees by their beaks. Kosreverbeinu yitzchak, that's the smack. She'na Asurin, mishum sheretz a al haaretz, apparently means a smack. They are osir, they're considered sheriffs a al haaretz. These, they might look like geese. Again, it's not entirely clear what, what birds Rishonim are referring to. It seems pretty clear. Due to the cognate discussions in, the, in European literature in general, that this is the barnacle goose, not entirely clear. In a chapter in his book, Rabbi David Cohen of the CRC has a book on halakhas of insects. He has a chapter on the barnacle goose, and he says it's not entirely clear if this is what the Rishonim were referring to. He says, uh, Someone asked him, Ariel, how is it different from a mosquito or a gnat? Geese are very different from mosquitoes. I, mean, I thought the, the analogy was that they both seem to grow from trees, the, the, way, the way these particular species look, they both seem to grow from trees, but in any event, the, 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 the Pashas would seem to be that they are referring to the barnacle geese, the Rishonim, so the Torah, the Smak, they say that, the, these, that these geese, they grow from trees, they hang by their beaks from the trees until they become detached from the trees. These these birds are considered sherets. They're not considered <laughs> birds, and they are usher as a form of sherets. That, that's why it's in simon peidalot. That's why it's in the. That that's why that that's why this is, that's why this is in our simon, because the be- that, that's why that that, that that that's that's why that, that that's why this is in the simon I was learning because this is a, the, the the several rishonim are ushering this as sheretov. The shulchan, the shulchan is going to pass in this way. Shulchan Aruch paskins, elon to man. there are types of birds that, that grow from trees and, and they hang from the tree by their beaks until the, 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 they hang from the trees by their beaks. This is the sheet of the, the smack and the tur and the shulchanarach and the Rama as well. Ramah and Shulchan Shulchanarach doesn't Paskin, doesn't bring this case, doesn't comment on the Shulchanarach, but in the Dark Moshe he says that even though there are Mekilim, he brings the, Hago, the, the Mordechai, or the Hagoz Mordechai, or the Mordechai, who's Mekel, but the, he says the Yisra V'heter Ha'aruch is Machmer as well, and therefore he, he says the Chei nagin that this, this is the custom, he says, that the Yisra V'heter records, we are Machmer on these birds, we treat these birds as Osr. The, the Mordechai indeed brings different sheetus about this. We already saw the Maril was Mekel, the number of other Rishonim were Machmer, the Maril himself says there were those who were Machmer, the Mordechai brings a lenient view. The Mordechai says, "Ofo <laughs> There are birds that grow on trees. Yeshomrim, Shain and Some say, that, as we said, there are three Shita. Some say it's Osiris itself. some say it's mutter with Shita, and some say it's Mutter without Shita. So the Mordechai says, Yeshomrim, Shain and Shita. They're mutter entirely, you don't even have to shech them. Why? par and Varovan, they do not reproduce by normal sexual reproduction. Habika eitzba'ma. We treat them as wood. They grow from trees. They're simple wood. They're like a vegetable. They're they're, they're not uh you don't they don't need any they don't need any shita. Umrben Yehuda, Sheshama Shoshama Me Aviv, Shribenutam Hitsrichan Shita. So the distribut Yehuda records, having heard from his father, that the Rabbenutam said they're kosher, but they need shita. They're birds. The Amar Amreli Rabin Yehuda, Alakhala Myssa, Sheshla Shochtan, that you should. Shecht these that you do need to shecht these birds. He brings a raya from a gemara in Chulin that we discussed earlier, and in the, in the, we mentioned briefly in the, in the context of the Maril. So the he brings he brings this raya, and then in the Haga printed on the side of the Mordechai, it says Veriva haYaos <laughs> from Rafilu B'shita, the third shita, Mishum Sheret Ta'of. The, 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 the Riva says no, it's actually considered Sheret Ta'of. We saw the, the others called it Sheret Ta'aret, Sheret Ta'of, but the chenkat Ben Yelmi paris Matsasi Muges, so there, so there are three shitas. Some consider it a form of sharet, either sharet to aretz or sharet to of. Some consider it a bird that needs shita, and some considered it eitz ba alma, a nothing that doesn't need shita at all. These are the these are these are the these are the three shitas in the Rishon. Marshall, Marshall people point out is often is often strict in Yeridaya, but not always. He, he Marshall was independent above all else, and he often reaches his own conclusions. So in this case, the marshal is lenient. Kasevah Mordechai. The, the Mordechai brings mekilim either with shechita, without shechita. The smak says it's Osir. The Torah says it's Osir. Says the marshal. What's my opinion? My opinion is the ikar is kedivrei hamatirim. He says I think the ikar is like those who are lenient. What does it matter that he that said it grows from a tree? He says kol simon geishlehem. If it looks like a duck, a goose, it walks like a goose, it quacks like a goose, it has. No, those are not actually. Those are not actually simanim. The, the, the marshals referring to various simanim in, in the in the Torah. Famously, Oaf does not have. In, in, in the Torah, famously, Oaf does not have a. Uh, a Oph, Oph does not have simanim. The the, the the Torah, the, the 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 Torah simply lists birds that are. The Torah simply lists birds that are that are and says the rest of them are kosher. Chazal give us various simanim about whether it, whether it's deris, whether it's a predator that snatch, that grabs and pounces on food, how it splits its toes when it walks on wires, whether how many toes it has, and so on. So Chazal give us various simanim for ofus. Says the, says the marshal, it looks like a goose, it, 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 it quacks like a goose, it walks like a goose, it has all the simanim. So what's the difference whether it's created from eggs or it's created from trees? It's, uh, it, it, it's kosher, it's, it's a goose, presumably means kosher with shita. If it's calling it a goose, then it would need shkita. It's like an oaf. He says that the, and so on. He has other interesting arguments, but he says that he thinks that the, this is a bird for all intents and purposes. This is a bird, and therefore it, uh, therefore it, um, therefore it, it's kosher and it needs in each presumably, but it's kosher. So, these, so these, Rabbi? Yes. Rabbi, yes. So does that presume that there's no need for a mesora for this particular bird that wasn't known? So that, that that was my question as well. Aaron is asking that we know that certainly Bismarazeh, the halacha, is that we only eat oaf with a mesora. That's why they have these great uh, they have these great debates that we've discussed in the past about turkey and all kinds of other birds, where in addition to arguments about the simanim, there's also a question that we require a mesora. Yes, certainly, New World birds like turkey—it's uh, it's hard to understand where a misera, where where a legitimate Masara could have come from. So certainly, the halacha developed over the years that, that, that you need a Masara. The the gemara itself indicates that there are simanim, but the erminik today is that you need is that you need a Masara. I meant to look into this to try to, to try to figure out to, to try to work out the sugya whether the need for Masara was uh, what, what was already well established in the time of these rishonim. Whether these rishonim accepted the need for Masara. I am not actually sure. So Certainly today one would not recommend if you found one would not recommend eating again, if if, if you don't assume that the barnacle goose is simply a a version of uh, of regular geese, many of the birds we eat is because we assume that even if this particular strain doesn't have a macera it's part of a broader category or species that does have a macera. So some of the postcoms who may kill may simply have assumed, kind of like the, that, the, the, again, Marshall's language is not like this, but some of the postcoms may simply have assumed it's a regular goose, a, it has a slightly different coloring, it's a little shorter or squatter or whatever it is, it's a, but it's basically a goose, like the arguments they have today about different breeds of chickens, breckel chickens and other chickens and, and so on, but you know, many can say they're all chickens, so you, the, the fact that this is a particular subspecies of chicken that, uh, wasn't, that wasn't eaten before, but it's a chicken, so some might argue that it's just a goose, Aaron's pointing out that the Marshall's language is not like that. The Marshall's Marshall doesn't just say it's a regular goose. The Marshall says it has the Simone that the Gemara gives us a bad enough. He seems to imply that it may very well be its own species, but it's it's a kosher species because it has simonem, which again is not something we do busmana said, that without a masora we generally are not lenient with uh, we generally not lenient for birds, so yes, but uh, but at least these we showed, at least Marshall and some of these posts may have been willing. Marshall does say right in Marshall's time, certainly, certainly you need a Masora. Right, so uh, I'm not sure why he would have been so quick to. I, I'm pretty sure on Marshall's time he needed a misera already, so I'm not sure why, uh, why 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 he just focuses on the simanim. Yeah, I, I I I have to brush up on the laws of of, of Simani, Oph, and misera. So I'll call upon him. These are the, 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 the I'll call upon him. The, the, these are the basic opinions on the on the barnacle goose, the shulchan aruch following the snack and the tour paskin to the and the, the Raynu Tam says you need shkita. you can you can shacht it, then Marshall seems to pass in that way. And there were some, there were some who said that it's just wood, it's just a tree, and it doesn't uh it doesn't need doesn't need any shkita. It's just It just it's just butcher. It's not it's not a category of needs shkita. Those who say those who say that it is a those who say that it's uh that it needs shchita, and, and and some who say some who say that that it's usur entirely. They bring a raya from the, from parika Arva we, we mentioned earlier that the of the Maril that we began with, the Maril says that the, that is a raya from Arva Harote, that is considered a sheretz, and the Mordechai says that the, it's a Perakin Chulin, and the Mordecai says also that the, the Mordecai says also that the, that the, that the that, that the Mordechai says that Yesh Lashachdan and it's a raya from Chulin. So what what is this Gemara and Chulin that the Rishonim are bringing? The that the, the raya and Chulin might be actually that that, that it's a sheretz. So he said uh, that 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 it's either a sheretz or an oaf, so depending. So what, what 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 actually is this raya from Chulin? So the Gemara and Chulin is a very interesting Gemara. The the, gemara, the, the it's an interesting Mishnah actually. The Mishnah is discussing the laws of Tuma and Tara. The Mishnah says it refers to an achbar shechetzi of basur Vadama, of adama, Tame Badama tamei There is a kind of mouse, the Mishnah says, that is half flesh and half earth, half dirt. It's somewhere, it's somewhere, as some of the Mepharshim explain, it's in between, it grows from the earth, it spontaneously generates, it, the earth gradually transforms into mouse, and you can find it in a stage where it's half formed. Half of it is still earth, half of it is mouse, so what's the halacha for tumma and tarah? So the Mishnah says, Tanakama says, if you touch the flesh, that has the status of Tame, a Sheretz is Tame. The duma part is not Sheretz, the duma part is still dirt, and that is tar Rabbi Yudah Omer, Afanageh Ba-Dama, Sheh Kineget your Rabbi Yudah says the whole thing is Tame, even if you touch the earth, it's, The earth your Tame. So, the Mishnah Chulin says that the this mouse, says half of it is earth, half of it is Busser, according to the Tanakama, the, the, the Busser half has the status of the status of Sheretz. The Adama part does not. Yudah says they both have the status of Sheretz. The Gemara brings a Brisa. The Bavli and Chulun brings a Brisa that discusses the, the drushas how we darshan the Psukim to arrive at this conclusion. So the Brisa says that we might have thought, we might darshan, it says, Sheretz, aretz, we might darshan a mashritz Yitma she ain Mashritz Lo, yitma, lo yitma, something which is mashritz, which we interpret to mean it breeds, it has sexually reproduces, is tame, something which spontaneously generates, does not uh breed, is not makabal, is, is not does not have toma And that would mean otsy akbar, shahetya basar vaketsi vadama, paravarava. We might say so that would in that would imply that the that this half uh this, this mouse, which is half earth and half, and, and half mice, half mouse, which means that it's, it does not come about through sexual reproduction, it grows, it grows from the dirt, it, it somehow just brings dirt, transforms into a mouse, would not be Makabal Tumar. So the Gemara goes on, and the Gemara comes, the Mascana, the Gemara is, Talmud Lomar, Basheret, that the, 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 there's a Drasha, that we include, even these mice, even though they, they're not Paran even though it does not sexually reproduce Nevertheless, it is Tame, the widarshan from the Pasuk, that the, the language of the Pasuk is Marbit, that even a mouse which is not part of a Rava still has the status of a Sheretz. So what do we see from this Gemara? What does this tell us about the, the, about the kasharis of a barnacle goose? So the Rishonim apparently infer different things from it. The Mordechai, the Mordechai brings that this Gemara is a support for the Sheita of Rabbeinu Tam, that it needs Shita. He says, What's, what's, what's the analogy to the, to the mud mouse? He says, Just like the mud mouse, even though it's different from ordinary mice in that it, its life cycle does not involve sexual reproduction, it spontaneously generates from dirt. Nevertheless, the turret gives it the same status as regular mice, it has the same status as a sherret. So, a barnacle goose, even though it's not created from eggs and from a mother goose and a father goose the way ordinary geese are, even though it grows from trees, from barnacles on trees. Nevertheless, it would have the same halakhic status as a regular goose, despite its unusual life cycle, and therefore, just as a mud mouse is considered a mouse in the context of Tumantara, so too a barnacle goose is considered a, an oaf, a regular bird, in the context of, in the context of, uh, of eating it. And therefore, in Yichita, it's kosher, either because we just look at it like a regular goose, or because it has a simanim, like Marshall said, it's kosher, but it needs shchita. We treat it like a regular goose. That's the lesson of the gemara and Chulin that if that if we have normal animals or normal or normal living creatures, whether they're geese or mice, and they and then we find a, an unusual version of it that looks similar but is created spontaneously or, or grows from trees instead of being created through normal sexual reproduction. Says the Mordechai, it has the same din as the it has the same din as the original as the more standard, more standard, more commonly encountered type, whatever it has. If it's Tuma, it's Tuma. If it's kosher with Schita, it's, it's kosher with Shita. That's the Shita of the Mordechai, and so he understands this Gemara as a support for Rebbeinu tam Similarly, the Marshal. The Marshal was, disagrees with the Shulchan Aruch and the Tur Huamachmer and the Dark HaMoshe. The Marshal is Mekel, presumably with Shita. As we said, the Marshal says that the... The, 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 the marshal actually brings other proofs, but the, he also says it's kasher, presumably with Shechita. The Maril, we began with the of the Maril, the Maril said that the, the Maril said that Rabbi Yehuda said, it's Oser Mishem Sheretz, and he brought a raya from Perak HaOrova HaRotav. So while the Mordechai brought a raya to Tam, that it's kasher with Schita, the Maril said that Rabbi Yehuda brought a raya from Harva HaRotav. Apparently, to the sheet uh, that it's a sharitz. What I guess that anything that's, that, that's created from, from spontaneously has a status of sharitz. Things that that just like the mouse is considered a sharitz. The mouse that's created from dirt is a sharitz. So too, a goose that's created from trees is a sharitz. Uh, not so clear what the analogy is. The the mouse is basically a sharitz. The, the, the sexual reproduction is not asexual reproduction is not what makes it a sharitz. It just it looks like a sharetz. It walks like a sharetz. It talks like a sharetz. Even though it doesn't come from eggs and from, from mother and father, it's still a sharetz. I'm not sure how we infer from that that a, that a goose that grows from trees is a sharetz. Okay, but that's the sheet of, of Rabbi Yehuda. These are the, these are the three sheetas. Again, once again, the bottom one is we have three shitas. We have the Marshal and Rabbeinu Tam that say that it is, uh, th- that say that it's Mutu shita that may be the shita of the Maril as well. We have at least one shita in the, in the Mordechai who says, you don't even need shita, it's just like a tree, it's just like uh, plant material, because it grows from the trees. And we have the machmirim, the shita the maril brings, and the smak, and the tur, and the shulchan and the dark emosha, that it's a sharet, and you can't eat it at all. The question, of course, is what, uh, what is all this about? To the best of modern science's knowledge, there are no mice that spontaneously generate from dirt, and to the best of modern scientific knowledge... There are no birds that grow from trees. Not uh, barnacle geese. Not any other kinds of geese. There are no birds that grow from trees. So how do we how do we deal with this? What were Chazal talking about? What were the what were the what were Chazal talking about? What were the Rishonim talking about? Were they simply wrong? Is there another explanation? So that is a classic question. We have this question in many areas where things that Chazal or Rishonim or Achronim said are are uh, are blatantly at odds with what we believe today, based on modern science. We've discussed this in the past. And many people have discussed this. There are entire books written on this, on how to reconcile uh, inconsistencies between Chazal and what we know as science. In this particular case of the mud mouse, the barnacle geese, I'm not sure what anybody uh, says. Uh, what anybody says about this, but the, as I said, Rabbi David Cohen of the CRC in his book has a. Has an entire chapter, a small chapter, but a couple pages. This chapter is RP He has an entire chapter on the barnacle geese, the, the on these uh, birds that grow from trees. But on the mud mouse, mud mouse is is discussed more uh, by, by, by by more authorities. There is a there's a widely quoted passage in the Teferis Yisrael. Before we get to the Teferis Yisrael, there is one other Gemara that talks about the that talks about them that this this mouse created from, from dirt as well. That is an to gemara, not a halacha gemara. So up till now we've been discussing halacha, the mission in Kulin, about Tuma and Tara, and the accompanying gemara, and all the posts when we talk about the kashris of the barnacle goose. But there's a, there's a gemara in Sanhedrin, a bavli in Sanhedrin, that talks about this, m- this mouse created from dirt in a, in a in an agadic context. It says, there was a certain Apikaris, a sectarian, an Apikaris, who challenged Ravami, one of the Chachamim, and he says, Amrisu de vichayit. You say that the dead will live. You say that you believe, you, you rabbis, you believe in Ches So, Hava Afra, Afra people are dirt. They revert to being dirt. They decompose. How on earth are they going to live? I mean, I didn't mean that pun, but how, how are they going to live? So, Ravami answered him and gave him, uh, gave him answers. And part of his answer was, he said, if you don't believe me, if you don't believe me that it's possible for, for dirt uh, to revivify, to, uh, people to be brought back to life from dirt, he said, Say go outside to the field. Urei achbar shayom look at this mouse, look at a mouse that today is half earth and half flesh. Hishrit as it continues to develop and grow, it will turn into totally basar. So you see, that's what, that's what happens, even in, even in the current world, without the of tches Mason, that uh, life, uh, life can develop from, from dirt. D- things that are just earth can... Uh, the, the, that's the magic of life. Life, life can be formed out of, out of dirt. Dirt can turn into a mouse. Um, he went on, he said, Tomerl is Maruba, that takes time at least. Tches Mason is instantaneous, so it can it really happen that quickly? He said, yeah, I'll show you an example of that too. Alei lahar, the, the, the first thing was a bika, a field, a valley, where you can see all these all these mice. He said, an, an, another metaphor, another example, go up to a har, to a mountain, to a hill, you'll see that today there's only one snail, it rains, it'll be full of snails. Again, I'm not sure what the Gemara is saying, they spontaneously generate, or the one snail is very fertile and has lots of snails in the presence of rain. Not sure why it's dresses. There was one snail originally, if it's spontaneous generation, but whatever it is that the this is what he said that these are two two, 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 two uh paradigms for and meisim, The fact that mice can gradually turn from dirt into uh, flesh, and the fact that snails appear after a rain. Again, so I'll talk about this this mouse, which apparently is created from the dirt. At, 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 at one stage in its life, it's still half and half, half mouse and half dirt. And eventually, apparently, according to the Gemara and Sanhedrin, eventually continues to develop and it turns into completely mouse, uh, finishes being dirt. Rambam, Rambam in his Pirusha Mishnah and Chulin, Rambam writes that this idea of a mouse being created from dirt, uh, and there's even, a, there's even a, uh, a transition point in between where it's, uh, where it's half and half, he says, it is a very widespread idea, he says. Ain Many people, uncountably many people, have told me they've seen this. p, the Rambam is, says that this seems bizarre. kazeh It's a bizarre, inconceivable thing that an animal could be half half dirt and half uh, and half flesh. The Rambam is not clear what he means to say. Does he mean to say that he doesn't believe it's very widespread, but it's not really true because it doesn't make sense scientifically? Does he mean even though science can't fathom it, but we have incontrovertible evidence, we have sufficient evidence that it must be true, and maybe maybe there's there are more things on earth and uh, heaven and earth that are dreamt of in, in, in our philosophy? But uh, but whatever it is, Rambam acknowledges the tension between even in his day, he thought this was not very scientific. But yet, he said, he said they're strong, uh, it, it is widely reported. Rambam is not clear exactly what he means by this. if Kapach talks about this Rambam. Others talk about the Rambam, what exactly Rambam means. But Rambam already acknowledges that this is not something that uh, we understand scientifically, but it is a common belief. The Tferz Yisrael has a very famous comment on this. The Tferz Yisrael was attempting to respond to those he calls apikursim, Apikursim, he says, they mock Chazal, they, they, they say the Chazal were uh, were, being, were, Hazal were silly, they believed in such nonsense, they say there's no such thing. Therefore, he says, I want to mention to you what I found in a German work. I found in Sefer Ashkenazi, Shechiber, Chacham Echad, a well-known scholar, a non-Jewish scholar, Ushmol Link. So Link, the people have figured out who this is, Link is Heinrich Friedrich Link, 1767 to 1850 he was a German botanist and zoologist. I don't know how famous he was, but he was uh, he was indeed there was indeed a German scholar named Link, Bisifrohanikra hanikra Orvelt, He wrote a safer called Urwelt. The full name of the safer of that book apparently is the full name is that the uh, full name is we have it both we have the the the, the full um, on the main line, the bibliographic blog of of, of the odd and the and the fascinating in, in 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 Jewish bibliography. The full name is Die Urwelt und das Alterhunt from 1821. He found it on Google Books. He, it's in German, but uh, in a Gothic script. But he did. But we do indeed have this book, Die Urwelt und das Alterhunt. Alter, Hunt, Alter hum. um. Anyway, so the Pharisee Israel quotes this uh, quotes this link as saying. This Heinrich Friedrich Link as having written that he found such a creature in the land of Egypt, in Machos somewhere, Thebes. Uh, what is this place? He, uh, he's, he's transliterating into uh, he's tra- Thebes. He says that, the, that, that 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 he found this that, that, that he found this creature, and that, that Link says it's found today in, in Egypt. Spring mouse, spring mouse, spring mice, a spring mouse, and what is this creature? The front half of the mouse is well formed, is 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 uh, is is finely shaped and formed. Its head, its chest, its its front arms its front legs are all uh, are all uh, well fashioned. Achareha, the rear end of the animal. Adayin mugulamim, berigvei aret, they're still uh, gross and coarse, so they're not really uh, finely shaped. Adachar yamim, it takes some time, where after, after the front is well developed, the back develops more slowly. Tesapech kulal so the back legs seem to be earth, dirt in the beginning. V'omer marabu masecha Hashem, indeed, Chazal were right, there is indeed such a thing as a mouse that is, uh, that at some point in its development is... Is uh, half the front half is already fully developed and is and is and is earth and the back the back is still dirt. Professor Schneer Lyman, Sid Lyman, wrote an article about this some 25 years ago and he says that the Teferi's Israel did not actually correctly understand what uh what this link was talking about. He was uh he says the, the that it's uh he said it's actually referring to a or Rabbi Slifkin. Not surprisingly has a lot to say about this but the the Lyman argues that, that Ferrel was not actually quoting this link correctly that the that the link never meant that this uh, gerboa this thing grows from the ground. he said it it looks like that it's uh, the, the, the way it, its anatomy is, is, is suggestive of the of an incomplete uh, creature of course it's not actually true though it's actually it, it is well designed for the way it lives but um but he's saying that there was an ancient Egyptian myth which may be based on the Jerboa, which is which, which is uh which is the but but yeah again whether link meant that or not i mean it's it's there is no animal today that we know of when that we know of uh that actually uh, is like this, whether or not some german Zoologist, by you know, some, some German scholar of the 19th century, did or did not believe it is not, is not going to make it or break it for us. Whatever we believe about, uh, about Chazal, you know, the fact that a, ger- some, a German in the 19th century may have believed it as well, isn't going to make or break Aramuna. I'll call upon him that Teferi's Israel in the 19th century, who was well read and was a fairly modern figure, still believed that this was true, that Chazal were correct and that Thapi Kursim were wrong. But again, this isn't really going to help us that much because you know, link or no link. Today we know. Today we do not know of any creature that is created from dirt that is half uh, half earth and half uh, and, and, and half flesh. So the question is, what do we do? What do we do with Chazal? So Rabbi Slufkin quotes a quotes a letter quotes a, quotes a discussion of this by Rav Hirsch, Rav Rav, Rav, Rav Sampson, Raphael Hirsch. Uh, Rav Shemshon Rafal Hirsch has no problem believing that Chazal were talking about something that doesn't actually exist. He says, imagine if a scholar, a great scholar in our time would have traveled around the world and, and sent back reports of uh, the wonderful things he saw in his travels. If he said that, that he saw such a thing, that he saw mice that came from the dirt, so why wouldn't we believe him? He's, uh, you, know, we, 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 you know, we don't have to do our own investigations. We, 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 we accept, uh, at least for the sake of argument, we accept the, the science of our time, we accept whatever the scholars of our time say, and uh, we would discuss the halacha of Tumantara, and Tara, of Kashrus, uh, and so on. So w- w- there's no reason to assume the Chazal would have had to go and uh, investigate all the natural phenomena themselves before commenting on them. People told Chazal there's such a thing that exists, and uh, it was perfectly reasonable to believe that at that time, because that's what educated people believed. So Chazal applied the Torah to the, to the phenomena that they were presented with, whether they were phenomena they observed firsthand or phenomena that were widely believed. The Torah, apply, the Torah has to be applied to whatever circumstances uh, we know of. So if, if people record such circumstances, we have to apply the Torah to it, he says. He says, you know, we, you know, we know Pliny, the, the ancient Roman at the time of the Bayasheni, uh, b- brings down such things, he says. So, so why shouldn't, uh, this is what educated people believe, so it's why shouldn't Chazal discuss it? As Flifkin himself points out, it's a... Uh, chazal bring a drusha that, that refers to this, to this mouse. Chazal bring a drusha that, that, that uh, ch- ch- the Gemara and Chulun actually brings a drusha to tell you that it's actually Tameh. If it doesn't exist, it's hard to understand why there would be a Drusha for it. If you learn the drushas were just mnemonics that Chazal gave to, uh, yeah, to, to buttress dinim that, that, they, that they knew misfaro or misera, it's one thing. But again, it, it's hard to imagine it was a real misera here going back to Sinai. It's hard to imagine Hashem would have given us a misera about something that doesn't exist. And it's hard to imagine that if the drushists are, the, the mainstream approach, if the drushists uh, also come to Maserah, it's hard to understand how there would be a Maserah to have a drusha for something that doesn't exist. Okay, that's a bit of a difficulty. But this is the position of Rav Hirsh, that there that there is indeed, let's say, not necessarily such a mouth that doesn't matter. The Mishnah and the Talmud are, are entitled to discuss things that may not actually objectively exist. If they believe they existed, it made perfect sense for the Mishnah and the Talmud to discuss such things. Others, there, 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 there are more conservative schools of thought that have a hard time saying that anything in Chazal could just be flat out wrong, and they, 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 explain, they, they, they struggle to explain this. We discussed this a while back in this series about uh, Trefus in general, that uh, Chazal make assumptions about Trefus, they can or can't live. And Rishon already dealt with this question about well, we have we have information. We, we believe that some of the ones Chazal said can't live, they actually could live. Okay, so that, that that's a general question, as I said, general question on uh, general question on science and Torah conflicts. Uh, you know, we touched on some of the basic attitudes beyond the scope of our uh, beyond the scope of our time tonight. I mentioned there's this magnificent article by uh, Gattel and Kohut in the Jewish Encyclopedia. They trace the, the history of this belief that there's such a thing, that back to the geese, that there are geese that grow from trees. They, they trace this uh, throughout Jewish literature. They say the earliest trace of this is in the Eter, the Sefer Eter, which is a 12th century work. They uh, they talk about and Tamshita, that it has that the... that, that they, they talk about and Tamshita, that the... They go on, Reb Shmuel and his son Reb again were matir uh, with shkita like other ofos. There were some who held that it was uh, totally osir. It's a sheretz, shellfish, or other type of sheretz. The one interesting source, so it's actually it's, it's kind of fitting over here. Two of the interesting sources I found in this article: one is by the the Zohar, and one is by Ramosha Taku the. The, the 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 idiosyncratic theologian, anti mamanidian So the Ramosha in, in in which uh, Taku quotes that uh, that people say that birds grow on trees. If they grow on trees, that they're um, that if it's true, they grow on trees. They're mutter. It, he, he's not convinced that it's true that they do grow on trees. Apparently, he hadn't seen them himself, or he wasn't sure they actually grew on the trees. But he uh, he apparently said that they'd be mutter. The Zohar, the Zohar says that Rabbi Rabbi Abba saw a tree for, and and that and that geese grew on the trees. So again, it sounds like uh, it, it sounds like the, the, the Zohar didn't know of such geese in his time. The Zohar was referring to a tradition earlier sources about uh, or someone at the time of the Chazal saw a geese growing on trees. But it sounds like it wasn't an everyday occurrence. It sounds like it was something that was uh, unusual. The the Mordechai he brings, and the Mordechai talks about uh whether whether Shkita or you can or you can eat them just as as fish. We saw the acre the acre the the hatter seemed to be it was like eight palma. They bring the Tur, Rubisakov Korbil, the Kalbo, the Kalbo brings the Varigashitas as well, and it's Machriya taaser the Maril we discussed, the Rapsun ben Samak Duran, the Tashpats, Marshal we saw, later sources, the Prehadash, the and one of the last, one, one, one of the latest sources who still apparently believed that the geese grew on trees, is in the is in the Sefer Abris. The Sefer Abris was a late 18th century work, a very very popular work. The Sefer Abris was it, it was authored by Tom by in Vilna, a Penachas and and in Vilna. It basically it was basically a book recounting from a from a from pious Jewish perspective all the wonderful things that they were learning in the 18th century about science, about geography, about the natural world, about, he recounts things like the the transit of Venus, uh, Captain Cook's voyage to Tahiti to witness the, on, on the great ship Endeavor to uh, observe the, 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 observe the transit of Venus and the adventures they had on the trip. He was one of the first to talk about the microscopic organisms and now that they had lenses and magnification they could see all these microscopic organisms which he which he says don't are not Oscar. if you can't see them but with a naked eye they're not Oscar, which of course is the accepted universal consensus of, of, of Postkin. of postkim he talks about Frenchmen uh, taking hot air balloon trips across Europe he was just uh, thrilled and fascinated by science and modern culture and the, the, the culture of uh, enlightenment and educated men and adventurers and explorers across Europe, all from a Torah perspective. He, he likes to learn muster from them, but he, but he was just fascinated by the, by the developments of the modern world. So, he, so the encyclopedia reports that he writes there and say for a bris, I didn't have a chance to look it up, but they say that in Ireland, near England, in a place called Scotland, there are geese that grow on trees planted by the water. And in spring, they fall from the trees into the water and live and grow larger in the water. That's a version of the old medieval tale that there are geese that grow on trees and fall into the water. Again, as far as we know today, there aren't actually such geese that do that. But this was, a, uh, again, a very popular belief that, uh, that that goes back more than a thousand years. That goes back more than a, uh, more than a thousand years. The bottom line is, again, so how to reconcile, the, 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 this is not actually a Gemara, this just goes back to Rishonim, Zohar, I guess, although again, I don't know if the Zohar is referring to a natural phenomenon or something extraordinary, but Rishonim apparently believed in such things, then the, the Akronim bring it, the Marshal, the other Akronim, and again, in terms of the Kashrus, as we've seen, there there are, there are three opinions, some say it's just a bird, Yishech, like other birds, that's the Marshal, the Maril, apparently, the, that's Rabinu Tamshita, the, the halacha of the Shulchan Aruch, the Ramah, the Tur, is that they are sherets. That somehow they're considered sherets, even though they look like birds and they, but they're considered sherets based on the Ymar and Hulan. And the third sheet, the most lenient sheet, is that they're not they're not, they're not. they're not. They're not. birds at all. They're not birds or sherets. They're just like the tree or like fish. That, that they're just. Uh, they're just biological material that doesn't need any particular form of shechita. the halacha, I would assume, we pass in like the Shulchan Aruch, again. Halacha, it's kind of moot, I don't think anyone's going to find geese that grow on trees, because uh, either, I don't think they're around today, whether you say Nishtana teva, whether it was a misunderstanding back then, I don't know, but I don't think anyone's actually going to find geese growing on trees. But if you do, now you know that there are three opinions about, the, about their status from the perspective of Halacha, from the perspective of Yerodeh.